experience. Well, but just that mongrel, that desire to go, like, you know, he lets, he lets a but couple go. It's like Tommy Whittaker back in the day. Oh, yeah, it's really frustrating to watch Tommy Whittaker. You, you, you would think, sit go, there for go a this week. one, go yeah. that one. I mean, he let it go. And, you know, Slater's the master of pulling, pulling Man, a great man, wave. Manufacturing, manufacturing yeah. a 10 out of an, a little inside West Bowl, you know, which they, some of those insiders were unbelievable. But, yeah, Wilco, look, I mean, to me, I don't know, Will, you might, you might agree here, but I think if Wilco is going to be any chance, he has to strike back straight away at Trestles. Well, because John John is getting to Hawaii, well, then shut the gate. But Wilco's got form in Europe. Like, he, well, he, he, he can handle it by a long shot, but nah. the, the, it just looks like he's, you know, the, 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 the big dogs are coming. Well, look, I think something he's suffering from, and MR said it maybe in Storm Riders or something, that the guys in Australia are battle-hardened. They've served so many competitions. Unfortunately, in Australia, we haven't got the old APSA where guys have got that battle um, strength, you know, that you're serving a contest every weekend. So for him to come in and get to number one so quickly, he hasn't got so other things to fall back on all the experience. These guys have been, you know, had to make the cut and have been leading, like Kelly's been leading for so long. Each guy's had a shot at it. He hasn't got the experience for all these different scenarios. So he's probably just like going, I don't know what to pull out of my quiver to shoot in Europe. He might go, this is all too overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I think he has suffered through the year so far with that because he was a pretty loose character before. And perhaps Ripkill said, hey, look, we want you to start focusing, get a little bit more professional because you might be talking to the world's media next year and maybe that just doesn't suit him this soon, you know, in his career. Yeah, well, that's 100% right. And look, my number, that brings me to be number two, is John John. Yep. John John's been knocking on the door now for the last few events. It's like everybody's been waiting for him to just take over. Man up. Just take, take the yellow jersey, which he has. And I think, well, he's, I, I checked the odds, he's seventy to take the world title out now. So I think the, uh, the bookmakers are certainly behind him. But, I mean, he just needs another, another good result. You, you can't have him wearing the yellow jersey going into Hawaii. No, no way. No way in the world. And and, and, and and number three is Slater. I mean, Slater, I've never seen a bloke. He's, he's 55 tour wins now, and that win looked like it meant more to him than any win. He's yeah. By his own admission, the last couple of seasons, his standards have been down. I heard him asking him on the, uh, in the interview after the, after the uh, final finished about the criticism that, that, that some people have been levelling at him, and he was all for it. He said, look, he said, when people are watching me... He first assert, he got the about half an hour before his first heat or something. So he took out a regular thruster that that started off the whole conversation with Robbie Sherwell, who we'll get to later in the show, um, and he was dissing the board. I stood straight up for my brother and said, look, it's not one of my brother's boards. Um, then Greg's seven banana boards turned up like on the second day, so I think a bit late. Then Kelly started ripping and everyone there was giving Greg the accolades, but I didn't quite put my hand up and say, it's actually not one of Greg's. <laughs> They're still on the grass outside his little uh, Buller Buller or whatever they call them in Tahiti. Uh, it's a design he'd been working on uh, and it just looked amazing. You know, he's got yeah. his guy that he works with, I think, with uh, Channel Islands still. And um, look, it had elements of the banana board for sure because we haven't seen him doing cutbacks like that. Uh, since Fiji, you know, which was on Greg's board. Well, mate, you know what? I'm going to take a short break. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a bit more about the banana board and also about the rebirth of the channel bottom. You, you're on the carve-up. And welcome back to the carve-up. Look, just before we went to the break, we were talking about Slater and the boards he was riding over there at Chopu. Uh, Will, 
I, I just want to touch on, I just want to um, stay on this subject. I mean, there's a lot of conjecture about what, what are the boards and what the board design uh, that the riders are riding the, these days in the different conditions. Can you just give, a bit of, give us a bit of an update? I'm hearing the channels are coming back into vogue and there's uh, you know a lot of surfers out there on the tour riding channel bottoms. So what's, what, what is actually happening out there with the, with the shapers and the designs? Well, man, there's a lot of stuff happening. These last seven boards that Greg did for him, uh, admittedly, he said they were lower rocket. So it'll be interesting to see the results of Kelly riding. It was a pity we didn't get to see it at Chopu, where they are best designed for those uh, powerful pocket waves. So unless it, it, there's some really punchy Europe, like I swear he'll, he'll wear them, uh, wear them, he'll ride them at pipe. Um, no, Michael Stu Nettle rode it on uh, Swellnet. Just uh, if you've got a bit of time, look it up because he, he goes through the history of the channel bottom, goes back to as far as Greg Knoll. Back is it here to stay. And also I want to ask you, Will, it, I mean, back in the day when a lot of boards were hand-shaped, you know, by traditional shapers, I mean, that the, the channel bottoms, it was an art form. And then when they started putting boards through machines, that's what I thought the, the phase out of the channel bottoms, that's why I thought that happened. Is, is, that, is that right? Okay, look, it was just a bit early in that shooter. I was right into them, say, 88, 89, favourite surfers being Kong and Matt Archibald. And, mate, I loved them. Matt Branson was all over them. But the thing was, I'd get back to Insight and, you know, being a team rider, they want you to promote a product. Now, making six channels are a nightmare. They hurt your hands as a shaper. They take another hour to put in unless, you know, there'd be legends that do it quicker than that. But then it comes down to the devil end of it, glassing the things and then sanding them. Okay, in the old days you had glass on fins. So you're trying to glass and sand around a fin and channels, and if you get sand throughs, the things are coming back a week later with cracks. Once you got water into them, they were a disaster. You'd have blowouts all over the place. So it took guys... So, look, Insight didn't want me to ride them. So out they went. Then we brought in a double concave uh, in the tail, which had a similar feeling, especially if you've got a round-off dome in your... Uh, Double concave, it's got that nice rock and bite on the edge, which channels feel like. But there were guys that stuck to them, like Al Byrne. Rod Dahlberg stuck to them for a long time. And you've got to have a top glasser and sander doing it. I spoke to Matt Branson yesterday, who's JS's number one team glasser, and I said, mate, are you number one glasser in the world now? Yes, look, I went... And, Will, for the layman out there, you know, I've ridden one, but I've never owned one. What is the idea behind the channel bottom? First off, I'd just like to say, they just go really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, they're really good for back foot surfers. What it does is it kind of pre, um, pre it's before, that's the word pre, <laughs> precedes uh, concaves. By putting through your rocker, you're putting a flatter line through it. So the water will run faster through it, but you're still getting bite off the edge of the channel curve. So you've got, almost got two rockers. You can also get, when you get sideways on them, you get air under them so you can get a nice, nice drift. And, like, just on your back end, you can remember Kong and Brown doing those backhand pass verticals. Hang on, what about Matt Hoy, for God's sakes? One of the biggest advocates of six channels of all time. And it holds the rail, no doubt. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's you're so off your back foot that you're fin-orientated, and depending on the length of your channels, you can hold a really nice big truck driver cutty, you know, a la Kong. And so what tail, I mean, you generally see a swallow, but all these new boards that are coming out, there's, and there's varying um, numbers of channels, like there's the six-channel bottom, there's a four-channel bottom. I see that um, Toko's doing these things where it's like a groove going through, you know, midway through the board. That like They've really uh, evolved, I suppose, is the word, yeah? Well, Phil Myers, he's thrown in ten channels. I saw Nick Carroll on Facebook got one recently. 
He's been putting a lot out like that. And you've got to think of uh, Mick Fanning's win at J-Bay on the four channel. And both of those channels were actually different to each other. One was on a different angle. So, yeah, good fun to play around with them. And, man, I remember Ben and I used to have the four channels, the belly channels. Mate, they were all time, which was like having a front foot concave. So for any of our listeners out there that want to go out there and buy a channel bottom board after listening to all that great information, who, who, who's, who's the go-to? Who, do, who, who are we ringing up? Will oh. Weber. <laughs> oh, they make your hands so sore. Who would you recommend? Who would you recommend for a, for a great channel bottom board for anyone out there? I tell you, you'd have to go if you wanted a classic. You'd go to Al Burns' um, new guy, which is Dale Wilson. That's Burning Spears. That'd be getting a classic one, and that's a board you'd keep forever. And you'd get it gloss coated. Another obvious guy would be Rod Dahlberg with Oki's performances at Bell's. Uh, my brother Greg will never do you one, although I think he's probably the best in the world at them. Uh, look, they're the classic guys. I'd say Al, Rod, um, maybe the Byrne brothers down south. But uh, look, any good shape will know how to put them in. Well, while our listeners out there decide which way they're going to go, we might take a break and we might come back and talk some um, surfing in the 2020 Olympics. You with the carve up? <laughs> yeah, that was a great introduction. I don't know what you were saying, but I think you were saying welcome back to the carve-up. You're with Shooter, Shmoo and Will Weber. Uh, look, we've just gone through two amazing weeks of the Olympics and, um, you know, it was a, there was a lot of dramas leading up to it, but I, th- I think it was a, another great Olympic Games. We didn't go as well as what we thought would go in the, in the medal tally. Very disappointing again. But one real... Uh, highlight to look forward to is the fact that surfing is going to be included in the in the next Olympics Games at Tokyo 2020, and um, yeah, it's really yeah. exciting to see what's going to how it's going to evolve there. You know what? I'm really shocked. There's a lot of people kind of huffing and puffing, half by blowing up that it's in the Olympics. You know, calling it a sellout and that. Mate, I've embraced it wholeheartedly. You know, I think about the small nations, like all the Pacific nations, who will be able to be represented. You know, places like Sri Lanka. You know, India, and, you know, the sport, we all know it's growing, right? You know, there'll be people from, you know, Fia Vanetti from Italy who could potentially win a gold medal. Yeah, you know, you you've got the, the guys that, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Marlon Lipke from Germany. People forget the Olympics is a, a one-off opportunity. Surfing is a global sport these days. And, so and, and I, and think, I think it's a great thing. And also, and also as well, look, the Olympics have been around for a long time, and there's a lot of... Uh, a tradition in the Olympics. There's a lot of old people around. There's a lot of old sports there that get competed. I mean, there's there's synchronized swimming. There's some there's some terrible sports in there, you know. So I think there's a lot of young people coming up that just have no connection with some of these sports whatsoever. So surfing, fencing, surfing, oh, fuck's that's fencing what I mean. In there so surfing, skateboard riding, actually, you know, BMX. I mean, they're going to bring the young. They're going to bring the young crowds and keep the Olympic the Olympic flame burning brightly. Otherwise, it could have just faded out. I marvelled at the uh, the ability for the costumes to stay on the girls at the beach volleyball. Are they talking about the girls in the Olympics as well in Japan with surfing? I'd assume so. Yeah. I think it'd have to be across both sexes. It's a massive draw card, yeah. isn't it? But you know, the, the the following question of that is: Will it be in a wave pool or will it be you know at the beach? I'm tipping a beach. I don't think that four years is enough to get a wave pool up to you know up to scratch. I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. But, you know, could, if it was in a way, can you imagine the, the nighttime final or well, that kind of, well, you know, the, well, or the, talk- the, the pomp and ceremony behind it? 
here's two things you haven't done. Got a six channel and surfed a beach break in Japan. <laughs> Mate, if they have it at a beach break in Japan, it'll be the shortest sport in the Olympics forever. Oh, I agree it's with the, you, Will. It's the best opportunity you. ever to put a wave pool in. They've got the money. Put in Kelly's or one of Greg's because – as other people have talked about it with surfing, what are you going to do when it gets landlocked in Germany and Russia? And you know what, well, Wilbur, with modern technology, mate, if anybody could do it, the Japs can. Yeah, true. Oh, for sure. You know? mate, it's not going to be a point Fukushima, I'll tell you that much. Well, mate, who's to say we, they can't build a purpose-built 180,000-seat stadium with a Weber wave pool or a Slater wave pool? We've seen the waves yep. that they can produce. And, I mean, that that will be – it'll be it'll almost be the – uh, introducing wave pools to the world. Yeah, no, true. I, mate, I, I'm I'm happy to, you know, I, I, I don't, I just sit on the fence. I just don't know if, if the technology will be there, but I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Well, I'm with Will about if you're, if you're going to put your trust in a, a shitty Japanese beach break at who knows if it's the right time of season for the, for the waves and the conditions. But I mean, you're going to be very, very lucky to get good waves over there anyway. You've got to be following the, you know, the typhoons and the monsoons over there. For the, well, you know. also when something, like the Olympics, everything is taken on the next four years. They beat this by hundred thousandths of a, a second. They beat this by that. This point was higher in the gymnastics. How are they going to talk about surfing and go, oh, yeah, but remember in Japan the waves were really bad. Yeah, it's exactly. got to be in something that they can get better in, like the World Guinness, Guinness Book of Records. It's That's the nature of the Olympics. It's got to progress the sport, and that will only happen in a wave pool. Talking of wave pools, boys, I want to uh, you know go back to Kelly Slater for a second now, Shooter. You've walked into the studio and I just off your tits about the golden ticket. Tell no, us about the Slater's golden ticket. I looked up on the blackboard and I saw a golden ticket written up there and I went, oh, I've got a hundred of those. Look, there was a, I just was trawling through Facebook and I just saw the, um, well, it's a, a competition, I suppose, uh, through a, a website called Omaze. And they're offering, I mean, you can pay different levels. You can obviously buy different levels of tickets to get you more. Uh, chances to win, but the golden ticket is you. If your ticket, if your golden k- tickets gets pulled out, you get to spend a cup a weekend away up on uh, Slater's Ranch in the uh, back, <laughs> the back reaches of who knows where. But it's all, all inclusive, and you get an exclusive rights to surf, surf this wave. I mean, it's a it's been it's unbelievable. It's very Willy Wonka esque, isn't it? It's very Willy Wonka esque. I'm, I'm in Playboy in. Mansion as well. It's very Hugh Hefner. You've got to be in it to win it, and I'm in. And I'd like to know who will be representing the Oompa Loompas up at Kelly's Ranch. <laughs> Bush. Bush. <laughs> it doesn't Pauline Menzies running around. Oh, what? <laughs> but look, I'm, uh, look I'm, 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 excited about, I'm excited about surfing being introduced to the to Olympics. I am too. I think it's great. Un- unreal. You know, and, and, and don't forget skateboarding. I mean, they, they, they'll put a huge pipe, huge half pipe there. And that'll be that'll be really exciting too. That's going to be unreal. I like it. Mate, as if you wouldn't watch every heat. Like, look at what you've just watched over the last two weeks. I've watched that much badminton, ping pong, ah. uh, sports I've never watched. But then how good was the Sevens um, well, injection into the game? Yeah, into true. The game only because we won. I and mean, yeah. K- Kainoa Igarashi's already shitting himself because of the pressure. Well, I'll tell you one sport that we haven't watched and we don't watch and nobody knows about, but one of Bondi's favourite sons, Adrian Esposito, his sister Chloe Esposito won the modern pentathlon. Bullshit. Was that his sister? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to Google it to make sure I was <laughs> There can't be too many Espositos getting around. No, they'd be related somewhere. But, I mean, that was an unbelievable effort. I didn't actually realise a lot of the disciplines that you had to do to be good at. Like, there was swimming, fencing, show jumping. Uh, you, do, you, shoot, you do it all at once, shoot. don't you? Like, you do it Mate, all in run, a day. You drop your gun and you dive in the yeah. water and, and swim was, a couple laps of the I pool. I saw the end of it and I just saw women running and shooting and I went, Jesus, Mate, where's the American in this? She was a little freak. She came from about 10th back, you know, on the on the last 
section or, or the last day, and she, she powered through the field to win. Good on her. Good on her. Listen, we're going to take a short break. You know who I haven't heard from from a while, boys? You know, it's been a long time since we heard from our old mate, Chatty Spivens. Mate, is he, still, is he still around? Well, mate, last I saw he was eating a poke bowl in Tahiti. Well, I hope he was on the ground in Tahiti because he never got – well, I'm not, I don't think he got to South Africa, so hopefully he spent, he spent a lot of time warming up in Tahiti and we might be able to speak to him. I heard he had a dose of crocodile. Oh, the crocodile. You're <laughs> on The Carve-Up. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to The Carve-Up. Now, Shooter, I've got to say, mate, and you too, Will – Great show tonight. It's been uh, good getting back in the chair, back in the studio, and you know, talking about all things surfing. It's and you know what? I think it's going to get more exciting as the uh, the rest of the tour winds down. Uh, the last few events because the title race has hotted up, so it's um, it's very exciting times ahead. I'm glad. S- speaking of hotted up, I think the phone's ringing. Oh, that's a satellite. That's a satellite beeping there. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, guys, straight out of the cryogenic chamber. Chad. I'm freezing. Whoa, Chad Spivens, where have you been? We've missed you. Guys, it's funny. Good to hear Willie's voice. I've actually been a little sick of him. Couldn't give me a kidney. What a lazy bastard. I've been on dialysis, man. Coming up through Brazil and Mexico, I picked up some bug, eating out some bird or something. And here I am, and my best old mate from Aussie won't even give me his goddamn kidney. Says he needs it for, for the what, the hammer and tongs? Hey, well, <laughs> Chad, did you get into the Olympic spirit, mate? I know you were down on the beaches of... Uh... Ibanita and uh, Copacabana, had, uh, how'd you go down there with the Olympic fever? Look, I had a little television in there, Shooter. I was getting sponge bath by some ex-Olympians, so, so they said. I think they'd done a little bit of work in the uh, rally, handing over the baton, if you get my reading. Look, it was nice what I saw, and I can't wait for this stuff to hit Fukushima, whatever, man. Wherever they're going to put this thing, chuck it down south off a of river mouth, I'll be there, man. I'll be fit. I, I can live on half a kidney. Easy. Mate, I'm loving it, mate. I, I loved, I love to hear that you're um, that you're keen on the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. I don't know if you've, have you been there before. Have you uh, set foot in the uh, the land of the rising sun? I used to do a lot of sword building over there when I was doing my Tai Chi and getting my Zen wisdoms down with my uh, guru Trout Morgan, a friend of mine who's in uh, Tahiti these days. But yeah, my my time in Japan was swift. It was a wreck. I spent a lot of time up Mount Fuji. You know, the things I've done there with rice and combination soups has been folklore and paths of, uh, you know, culinary design. The guy at a master chef, Chairman Carga, old friend of mine. Now, Chad, Kelly Slater, a, a near and dear friend of yours, has just, uh, you know, after two and a half year hiatus, has just won the, uh, the big event over there in Tahiti. Have you had a chance to uh, catch up with him since he's uh, raised the trophy? And has he spoken about his wife, Paul, maybe being in, in contention for the Olympics? Well, look, my little boy Bobby, I like to call him. People forget his middle name's Kelly, but I remember his little Bobby. Hey, little Bobby, come here, I used to say to him. Get out of that Keckley Satan Bay. Man, my little boy, he's in so much demand. I like to give him space at the moment. And you know who I'd like to get, get some space from is that Dave Wassel. How was his commentating at Padang Padang? You know, the place is so well named. Here he is taking a leaf out of his old brother's book. He sold it his Earth Chug, baby. And here he is, like, I, I was listening to it from a hospital bed going, hey, well, I'm not doing this interview. What's the freak? Now, listen, you know, we touched on it early in the show, the golden ticket. Can you give the listeners a little bit of insight what that wave is like up at Kelly's Ranch? Look, Kelly's wave, I've only body surfed it. That's what I, whenever I take a place on, I like to body surf it. It's like with women. I like to go in bareback. you got to feel them out. And that's the way I do it. On my back, body surfing. I'm loving it. 
can't wait to take it on a short board for sure. Might try on a knee board for a bit. <laughs> so your regular surfer, I'd like to see Shooter taking out the golden ticket, you know, and spend the week up there on the ranch with Bobby Boy. Man, I'd like to see just taking that thing apart and maybe pumping it up a couple of feet so you can fit in one of those barrels. And finally, Chad, before we let you go, the next stop on the WSL Tour is one of your favorites, T Street. You must be looking forward to that. Man, you know what the T stands for? The tear that just rolled down my cheek. Very hot spout. Man, it just, it, you know what? I put it out of my mind to tell you this truth, Cooper. It's too much for me. I'm getting hot palpitations. My doctors, my nurses are telling me to calm down, Chud. Calm down. T Street, baby, I'll be there. Would I let you down? Never. Well, there you go. The one and only Chud Spivens. And uh, wishing you a very quick recovery too, Chud. All the best, Chudley. Might have to get some pig liver in there. See you, boys. There you go, the great Judge Bivens. Boys, um, that's about it for uh, this instalment of the carve-up. Well, to you, show. it's been a great show. Shooter, good to see you again, mate. Mate, I might get myself back in the water. It's been a while too before uh, since I had my last surf. So, you know, the weather's starting to hopefully warm up a little bit and I might... Uh might get back out there again, I think. Dust off that kneeboard, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you soon. You've been listening to the cover with Silky, Shooter, and our good mate up on the North Coast, Will Weber. We'll be back for the next <laughs> installment of the cover, live from T Street. Till then, bye for now. Dude, just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. 